Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, now DJ's done a done a great job. He's also standing right here, so I'm gonna give you my very honest opinion. Now DJ's done a great job, man. You know, coming in last year, didn't really know what to expect. I remember seeing him at LSU. You know, put up big numbers, very productive, and then didn't hear from him much his rookie year. But man, it was evident uh, in OTAs last year that he's gonna be a big player for us. And um, you know, I think he's definitely grown into. You know, being one of the number one guys in in the league, and I think he's going to continue to work and get better because uh, that's just the kind of guy he is. That is Gardner Minshew. I got a lot of faith in this passing game. We'll see uh, if they should or should not, uh, if they try to chuck it around. I'm, I'm interested in what this thing looks like for the Jacksonville Jaguars come Sunday afternoon. Uh, they said they will attack. Uh, and... That fits the Gruden mindset, I think. That fits the Minshew mindset. I do like that. Yeah. You know, I do like, you know, we talk a lot about personality on a team. We talk about identity on a team. And the Jags, we're not going to know what the identity is, right? But we kind of feel like, uh, safe to say on the football field, their identity is Minshew right now going in. Yeah. So put the damn ball in his hands, yeah. right? And And let him throw it around, score some points, run around, make some plays, make it look exciting. He's an exciting player. He's an exciting guy. He's got some character to him. So I, I at least like that they're not trying to fit a system to their players. And you talk about this a lot. Mm-hmm. They're trying to instead utilize personality and skill set, and and they're adjusting. And I think personality, when I think the Gruden name yeah. offensively, I think Minshew has some personality to that as well. I think LaVisca Chanel allows you to maybe have an identity and personality that equals fun and different. And so utilize it. And I think they're going to at least do that on the offensive end. Yeah, listen, I mean, we're talking about Jay Gruden here. Like, he's in town to make the offense fun again, right? And I'm Austin Lee, and I endorse that message. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been a long time since... You know, you kind of like we're optimistic about hey, this. This should be fun to watch this year. At least we have this going for us. So, listen, the defense could be questionable for sure. Defensive line, eh, we'll see. But at least, at least we think right now that the offense could be dynamic and it could be fun to watch. And that's something new. That's something that Jacksonville hasn't had in a long time. Usually, when we talk about the Jacksonville offense, it's kind of been that blue collar, pound the rock mentality. And unfortunately, you know, you're a blue collar, but you didn't really have the lunch pill. You know, you you had a lunch bowl, and that was about it. So now you have something new and. Exciting, and we'll see what happens from it. Did you say pale? Ah, I see. I said chip there. Yes, and Brent, you did. And Brent capitalized. Ah, I, I ah, was hoping you were going to say don't something. Get... I, you dominated it, man. Good job. Uh, let's talk a little quarterbacks because DJ Chark said something interesting today about the quarterback situation okay. as well. And I wonder if it's too far off from what Leonard Fournette said. Hmm. Okay. Uh, real quick thought. That's we, I, right I, there, man. I, that's coming up in about. A minute, but I did when we right before break mentioned the NCAA tournament, the ACC. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I thought I saw 128 was somebody said, but they actually did say everybody. It was 346 teams. They won the bracket. I mean, how wild would that be? See, we don't like change to that degree. That's too much change. Like that's we we can't something. adapt. Our, our minds can't adapt to something like that. So that's crazy. Well, like how would that work? I mean. Well, here's how. Look at okay, the bracket yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Lenardi. While amusing, would tax even the best of us. The basic math dictates the 166 teams receive opening round buys 
166. Okay. The Heads remaining 180 would play 90 additional games to create a symmetrical field of 256 teams, followed by a tidy eight-round gauntlet through the Final Four. So they would increase the number of games and obviously the travel and all that stuff. And Lenardi's point is that means you would have Chicago State, which has averaged four wins per season over the past five years, as part of the tournament. Yeah. And you know what? I don't hate it as much as everybody else would hate it. Uh, I I kind of like it, and everybody gets to go and and talk about Cinderella's maybe emerging. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. I have no idea how we do a bracket if we've got 346 teams involved. It's gonna be a lot of paper. It's gonna be uh yeah. I don't know how you do that, man. And my question is like, so do you have like like the bubble, for instance? Like you're not gonna have like teams traveling to one arena, and then you know you know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna have like a, a regional, right? Is that how it's going to work? Well, I don't know all that stuff. Okay. Well, I know, and this is all theoretical right now. I mean, this is like the biggest bracket ever created. I know, but like my question is, do you have like just one massive bubble, or do you have like little subsets of I regionals? Think, and uh, then yeah, you do that. Little subsets of regionals. Yeah, I think you'd have multiple bubbles. The um, yeah, when uh, the nervous, kids uh, kids that play a little league baseball stuff, you know, we go to Cooperstown, and I think there's 104 teams in Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. That's like the biggest bracket I've ever seen. They do a bracket of 104 teams. Like, everybody makes it. But that's how Little League World Series works? No, Cooper, no. That's okay, this is, Cooper I'm sorry. Cooper's not Little League World Series. Uh, is, my bad. Little League World yeah. Series is more uniform of, like, 8 or 16 teams if you count okay. all the teams from around the but world. But Cooperstown's 100-something. But 104 teams every how many, week. How long are you there for? A week. That's. I feel like it'd be longer than that. Nah, you actually play pool games, and it yeah. dwindles down, like, pretty quickly. Man. It's, I mean, it's like they the actually play the steroids. bracket part. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, over three days. How many games per day, usually? Well, I think the depending on where you're seated, you play it, the most is three games in a day. That's a lot, man. Three games oh, in a day? Come in, on. In the travel ball world, you play, sometimes you can play as many as five games in a day. Excuse me? Oh, yeah. Get out the Capri Suns and Sunny D's or whatever, man. Like, you... Sometimes you can play like six games in a day. They're, those games are shorter. Not me, man. Not the effort that I gave as a little leaguer, Brent. I'm playing one game and I'm done, man. I can't play five games in a day. <laughs> what? I exerted myself in every single game. I can't play five games in one Little League day. There's at, no way. At 12 years old, you probably could. Eh, you'd be surprised. Um, DJ Chark said something today that was not too far off, in my opinion, of what Leonard Fournette said. But he did it in a complimentary way to Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. Here's the quote. He knows when he drops back, the entire locker room wants him to succeed instead of wishing someone else was at QB. All right. What does that mean? Say it one more time. He know he now knows when he drops back, the entire locker room wants him to succeed instead of wishing someone else was at QB. Shots fired here. Okay. I'm dissecting this. I'm digesting it right now. It's passing through, passing through my systems. Juices are breaking it down. I mean, think about it. DJ Chark has been in the system for how long, Brent? Three years. Three years. So I don't think it's a shot at Blake Bortles, because Blake Bortles is here for... No, yeah, it could have been. I don't think so. I think it's a shot at John Filippo. I think it's a shot at the old play caller, the, the guy that was calling really? the shots. I think it's a shot at him, because we all know... Well, we don't know, but we can put our little tinfoil hats on and do some conductive reasoning here. John D. Filippo, no longer in Jacksonville. He actually took a 
pay decrease, one would say, and took a, a job decrease by being a quarterback's coach. Nick Foles in Chicago right now. One could assume that John DiFilippo is a Nick Foles guy. You saw that against the Colts game we talked about earlier in the show. We saw it when Gardner Minshew was playing in London, that, that whole game script. It seems to me that John DiFilippo always had the back of Nick Foles and wasn't a big Minshew believer. So with that being said, I think DJ Chark's actually taking a stab here at John DiFilippo and the guy calling the plays last year. That's interesting. Let's listen to uh, DJ Chark uh, this afternoon talk about it. And uh, you be the judge. Who's he talking about? Just from confidence of uh, feeling in to just being his team, um, being a captain. You know, I think that's a big jump because you know that the guys in the locker room are supporting you and they want you to succeed opposed to, you know, wishing that, you know, somebody else was quarterback and things like that. So I think that's the biggest thing. And that uh, transfer on the field uh, translates to the field because, you know, when you're dropping back, everybody on the team wants you to succeed. So I think that's the biggest thing and the confidence that he has. That's an interesting answer. And I think uh, you could take it again with all these things. It's so different sometimes hearing them than when it is in print. And I think you could take it from the understanding of, you know, basically every quarterback you probably ever played with, especially if there's a quarterback bo- battle and there's a couple of options. Mm-hmm. Well, that quarterback's always going to be a little bit tentative because every move that he makes, it might result in him going to the bench. Mm-hmm. And DJ probably saw that a little bit with Bortles in his last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just he's yeah. seen that. He yeah, probably yeah, seen he's it throughout seen his it. career. For sure. So he might be talking about that. But I think he could be more talking about what you're saying. And it's a really interesting dig at maybe some guys in the locker room that thought Foles should have been the guy, mm-hmm. right? Was he talking about Fournette? Yeah. Well, uh, what, you yeah. know, Fournette with this back and forth recently that seemingly has taken place with Minshew, or, although we've read into that, we must admit, uh, maybe Fournette wasn't a believer in Minshew, so he's hoping the other quarterbacks in. Maybe it's Filippo, who we know was tied to Foles, and we've even said earlier this show, it looked like in that indie game he tried to make Foles look good yeah. and in turn made him look bad. Mm-hmm. Very interesting comment, kind of the underbelly of what maybe went on in the last year, maybe even longer in the locker room. So once again, and, and listen, could it be about Bortles? Sure. I think Leonard Fournette kind of had a jab at Bortles a couple of days ago during that press conference. But the reason why I don't think he's talking about Bortles here is keep in mind when DJ Chark played with Blake Bortles, he was a rookie, right? He was he a rookie. Been, yeah. yeah. Didn't and, have yeah, and you had D.D. Westbrook getting reps. I think you had uh, Dante Moncrief. Was, yeah. Yeah, you, you had Dante Moncrief yeah. here as well. Yeah, yeah. And you had Keelan Cole as well. So like, But he might have observed things. Maybe you observed things. You know? but, but at the same time, I just feel like he wouldn't talk about that year, his rookie year. I feel like this was directed more towards, like you said, either some guys who haven't bought into Minshew or more directly the offensive coordinator, the guy that was calling the shots last year in John DiFilippo. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, though, right? Because it it might not just be DiFilippo. It might be players, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And by the way, I think that's fair uh, that players, you, uh, you probably can say this more so, but there are players that probably say, hey, I think that guy, I'd rather ride with him. Yeah. You know, that, whether that's spoken or not, I'm sure people feel it, right? Yeah. Uh, especially last year when you have Foles and Minshew, and you're like, all right, this kid was fun, but I mean, come on, he's a six round pick. I, nobody's, this guy's won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There's so much respect for that. 
the fact that Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. And I know Jacksonville fans aren't big Foles fans, but in that locker room, there is so much respect for that, that you're like, hey, if somebody's going to take us out of this, I want to ride with that guy who's won a Lombardi trophy. Yeah. You know, so uh, is it Fournette? Is it other players? Uh, you know, going all the way back to Ramsey last year in the first month, was there a little beef around then that maybe not all buy in on Minshew? Who knows? But it does take a look, closer look at something in that building or maybe more specifically in the locker room or more specifically in the offensive meeting rooms. You know, and it does kind of say a little bit. It's probably something that we kind of failed to to recognize. We've, we've neglected for this time. But, like, how much of a rift was there between Team Foles and Team Minshew? Like, we talked about it a little bit, but that whole ordeal kind of sorted itself out, right? At least in my opinion, well, Foles gets hurt comes back, doesn't do that well, Minshew goes in and has some success. So, like, to me, there wasn't really that much need for a rift, but there could have been a rift in that locker room between maybe coaches, maybe a Tom Coughlin, maybe some of the players. Like, the teams that I played on, thankfully, like, I'm reminded of when Blaine Gabbert came in, right? We've shared this story last week. Uh, I think it was, no, it was actually, was it Monday with Dave Garrard we had? Friday. Friday. So last week with Dave Garrard. And, um... Basically said, you know, like it, it all took us by surprise. Like he was no longer our starting quarterback. Blaine Gabbert was going to be the future. Now, from the rift perspective, that was definitely there. Like there was a rift between us and then the front office because we were expecting Gerard to be the guy. Now he's not. What's up with that? But then also as that season progressed and Blaine Gabbert became the starter, and this is more from the offensive perspective than us on the defensive side of the ball. But I know there was some kind of rift where it's like. We got to go away from Blaine Gabbert. Like, this guy's not ready. And then there's another side that was just like, well, he's the chosen one. Like, we drafted him where we drafted him. He's got to get through Let's this. See what we exactly. Yeah. You know? So, like, there was a rift there. There's there like a subsection of a rift there. Now, I played on the Bears. Jay Cutler wasn't really a rift there. Steel, uh, I'm sorry. Um, Stafford was in Detroit. Not a rift there, obviously. And then Alex Smith was the guy in Kansas City. So, I didn't really encounter too many rifts, per se. But that can happen. So I think we've kind of neglected a little bit of maybe there was some kind of controversy, some kind of rift between Team Gardner Minshew and Team Nick Foles. Yeah, well, and I think this is starting to add up a little bit more on the Fournette front. Don't you? Uh, As somebody uh, I should mention who does, so I give him credit. uh, uh, Well, I'm not going to say that, but... I, I That's going to be the, the uncensored show. Yeah, I call him the the podcast guy. But, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he <laughs> says, shot at Lenny one in camp. I forgot about the Cam Newton stuff. Yeah. That's a good call. But I really think this is about Fournette. You, you think it's about Filippo? I think it actually is more about Fournette. Hmm. If you add up what's gone on the last couple of weeks, right, with yeah. Fournette unceremoniously let go and with nothing in return and they're like, fine, whatever. Uh, if you add up the fact that I still think Minshew, whether he will wanted to or didn't want to, took a little bit of a jab at a guy like Fournette about yeah. less ego in the room. Sure. Uh, with Fournette saying the quarterback thing, which included Minshew. Now, you could say it about Bortles and say, hey, he ain't lying. You could say it about Foles, he ain't lying, based on last year's performance. Say about but your college career, un- you're not lying. Yeah, it's yeah. a little unfair to say it about Minshew, a guy that actually exceeded expectation last year, and we still really don't know. Mm-hmm. But it shows you that Fournette wasn't really bought in on the Minshew thing for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And the camp thing threw a little fire on that as well. And now you have Chark, by the way, an LSU guy who's sticking True. up for his guy, Minshew, who they've developed a great rapport last year. He hit him on every – I'm telling you, 
go watch Chark last year, the first four, five, six games, especially with Minshew, and he caught everything. Didn't yeah. matter if he threw it out of the stadium. He still found a way to catch it. And uh, now you've got him having his back here a little bit. Maybe this is less about Filippo and more about Fournette and shows there was a little bit of that divide, at least with some players, yeah. and some of those players are now gone. Because basically what Chark said, and really the Jags have no choice, it's Minshew or nothing. Yeah. I mean, nobody's calling for Glennon right now. Yeah. Nobody's calling for Luton right now. You don't really have that element anymore. You have a guy that showed some moxie, that obviously has a leadership quality and has respect of his teammates, and they want to go to battle with this guy. Mm-hmm. But he put the exclamation point on that today, did DJ Chark, and it really might put an exclamation point on the last couple of weeks when it comes to Leonard Fournette. Listen, it could very well be Fournette that he's talking to right there, you know, passive-aggressively, if you will. Um, but the only other point I'm going to make with John Filippo was this. The Jaguars announced that when they when John Filippo and the Jacksonville Jaguars cut ties, it was mutual, right? Like, that's what we were told. But at the same time, if you're an offensive coordinator, what's the goal, Brent? Probably be a head coach, right? Like, I mean, I don't know too many coaches who are just fine with being stagnant, who are just fine with being coordinators, not at least testing their their chops as an NFL head coach. So to me, if you're an offensive coordinator, well, the next step is to be a head coach. How do you become a head coach? You have to have success, right? And you have to do things that maybe people aren't doing. So with that being said, you're John DiFilippo. You're offensive coordinator of Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, you had a pretty crappy season, but... There is a silver lining. You have a guy by the name of Gardner Minshew who you're responsible, or at least somewhat responsible, for bringing to your team. If you develop him into a pro bowler, and if you turn this whole offense around, you don't mean to tell me that pe- the teams will take notice and be like, look what John Filippo did in Jacksonville with a six-round pick out of uh, Wazoo, uh, out of you know Washington State. No one else is doing that. So to me, the fact that John Filippo took it, and once again, whether it was mutual or not, but the fact that he was okay leaving the situation here in Jacksonville and taking a downgrade to be a quarterback's coach in Chicago, it tells me just how much of a Nick Foles guy he really was and how much he didn't buy into the Gardner Mitchell. Because if he would have bought in, he would have stayed here and tried to up his resume a little bit. Well, uh, listen, uh, two things on that front, okay? One, uh, the irony here is that Nick Foles is not even the starting guy with the Filippo <laughs> in Chicago. And yeah. Trubisky's going to start. Yeah. but We'll see for how long. Though. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but I think the one element you're missing there, in my opinion, is I don't think the Jags wanted him here. It's mm. not like Filippo had a choice, potentially. Sure. There was a mutual agreement. But again, I don't think he put the offensive line in great positions. His red mm. zone calling was not great. And overall, I don't think they liked what he did uh, yeah. with the QB. So I think okay. this, I'm not sure how much Filippo had a say okay. in leaving Jacksonville. So it wasn't very mutual, that's what it, we're saying. I don't think it yeah. was. But I mean, it may be, you could be, there could be a little part of that that's right. Mm. I just think as much as he might have wanted out, I think the Jags didn't want him around anymore yeah. and wanted to make a change, mm-hmm. uh, Doug Marone. So uh, it's it's fascinating. I mean, these little these little back and forth, so a little word here or there, man. You don't know if there's intent, but our job is to kind of read into it. And the mm-hmm. way things have gone here in Jacksonville, Fournette, we're still trying to figure out how do you just let him walk out the door, and now he goes to a Super Bowl contender. And some of these things come to light. And uh, I'll ask you this. If that guy's not bought in, if Fournette really isn't bought in to your quarterback, Mm -hmm. is it the right move to get rid of him in any way, shape, or form? Because, as we've said, he might be your best offensive player. But if he's not going to be bought into the guy who's throwing the football and calling the snaps in the huddle, calling the plays in the huddle, Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a lot of positive keeping him around. 
Well, yeah. One or the other, I mean, and you were going to pick Minshew in this situation. No, listen, it's it's a good call. My only gripe, though, and listen, I've, I got nothing but respect for Leonard Fournette, man. All right, I've never had an issue with Leonard Fournette. Never had an issue the way he he carried himself or he handled himself. Like, yeah, I, I get he's had some on-field issues, but no, nah, man. He's all good in my book. But to say that you don't – and th- this is the case, and he didn't buy into Yeah, Minshew, we're reading into this. Yeah. But, but if this is the case, add up. and he, he, he didn't <laughs> buy into to Gardner Minshew, and he wasn't a Gardner Minshew guy, my question back to him would be, how do you know? How many great quarterbacks have you played with in college – in the pros, how many? So tell me what a good quarterback is. Because you, you haven't been on a team with one yet. Because I, I watched you in college. It was your team. You had zero quarterback help. So who's to say that Garrett Gardner Minshew isn't the guy going forward? Because guess what, man? And once again, you're. I think you're a great running back. I think you're going to have success in Tampa. But you're, you're not a quarterback's coach. You're not an offensive coordinator. Okay? So to say that Gardner Minshew isn't a good quarterback, you sound just like, Probably 25% to 30% of people in this town where it's like, get Trevor Lawrence, get Trevor Lawrence. How do you know? Let's find out first and see what happens. So if it truly is about Leonard Fournette and if Fournette wasn't buying into Minshew, I just asked Fournette, how do you know? Yeah, how do you know? Because nobody really knows how good he is right now. We're still, this is what this year is about, trying to find out. And where did it go sour, I guess, would be the question because most people, and is that more on Fournette? Because most people in that locker room, I would think most people at Washington State, I think some people even at East Carolina, mm-hmm. and people in Brandon, Mississippi, as far as we know about Gardner Minshew, nobody's sitting there and saying he's Joe Montana or Tom Brady, mm-hmm. but they all don't mind going to battle with him. For sure. I mean, there's a lot of folks that don't mind going to battle with him. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't want to go to battle with him, does that say something about him or you? Yeah. You know, is a fair question uh, because we're all trying to figure out if he's still the guy. I mean, we don't know that yet. We might find that out uh, this year. Or they Well, they're going to find out one way or another this yeah. year. That's what it's all about. So pretty fascinating. Some of the comments, man, coming out pretty wild. Uh, and whether it's just a slip or intended uh, or we're taking it out of context is potentially true, too. Could be that, too. Kind of having fun doing it. Though. It's fun to talk about, isn't it? <laughs> Breaking it down, man. Hey, when we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back. It's time to make some predictions. Ooh, man. Division winners, playoff contenders, Super Bowl stallions. I kind of forget what I said way back. Like, didn't, why, when did we do the per- <laughs> Super Bowl preview? We said Super Bowl predictions already. Why did we do that? Was that after the know. draft? Yeah, why did we do it? Well, I guess did we, we have an asterisk or, like, subject to change? I don't know. We must have been hurt on content that day. Here's our Super Bowl picks <laughs> in the spring. I, I think we just kind of did like long shots okay. at the time. Yeah. But I've kind of stuck with it. Same, same here. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got any sleepers, though? You got any uh, surprises coming up? I always have surprises. All right. Jags going 10-6. Uh, and six. Can't wait to hear this yeah. one. Yeah. Sunshine and rainbows. That's right. I wrote that thing Doug Marone said today. <laughs> Brent scripted it. Oh, oh really, Doug, they're going to love this. Read this right here, man. <laughs> Read this. They're going to love this. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Predictions around the NFL. It starts tomorrow night. Happy football season. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Everyone else will judge what's fair and what I should be looking at and all that stuff. I understand it, but I really think that that this team can be special. I, I really do, and, and that's what I, I feel. That's what we we put together. 
you know, and, and you know, I, I don't have the opportunity to do a rebuild. I mean, we all know that. So that's the that's being realistic. So we've got to go out there and win games. And I expect to, you know, for this team to, to do well. And I know that, you know, I hope that we don't have any shocking headlines like, you know, Marone says this team playoffs are bust or anything like that. I think every coach that you talk to uh, today is, is that's what you're going for. Adam Gase. Hey, you all right there? You all right there? Hi, Koo is the magic of live radio. (laughs) I said, well, I don't think Adam Gates is, but maybe he is. I don't know. Is Adam Gates talking about playoffs right now? I don't know. Hey, Brent, Jake, sign somebody. Who is it? I hadn't looked yet. Oh. You told me. You see if I can pronounce it. Hold on. I'm going to be honest with you. Every once in a while, the sports gods, they come shining on down you. And they throw you a softball. And the reason why this guy's a softball is because he's from Marquette, Wisconsin, outside of Milwaukee a little bit. Played at the University of Wisconsin. Was a cornerback. Switched over to running back. Team captain. And now on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I should know this, too, because I've heard his name before. But, I bet you uh, have. Uh, I'm going with... Brand new uh, Jacksonville Jaguar, by the way. Yep. Uh, according to Mike Garofalo. Welcome to the team. Or Garofalo. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and give this guy a warm welcome, Brent. Let's pronounce Former his name right. Bucks running back. Let's pronounce his name right. Let's give him a warm welcome. Dare Ogumbwale. Oh, so close. Dare Ogumbwale. Agumbo. Agumbwale. Agumbwale. It wasn't even Dare Agumbwale. Dare Agumbwale. And, and I'll keep on saying it because I'm saying it right. You know what? It feels good to Agumbawale. have a hard name and be able to say it right, man. I am true professional today. I am true professional. That sounds right. I am a true professional today. You've got to say a Goomba and like a Wimowit. A Wimowit. A Wimowit. A Wimowit. I was just singing that over here. In the jungle lion sleeps tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I can't wait. I want to interview this guy. Just like, hey, Daria Goomba I'm not going to say his last name, too. Daria Goomba Wale. Nice to meet you, man. I'm joined by a Goomba today. Like, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to say, hey, we have Daria on the show. No, we have Daria Goomba And the whole time. Sorry, we're going to flex that we can say it. You better believe it. Because I know some people out there right now are probably I'm trouble to saying it, but not me, man. I got you, Brent. I so got you. So it looks you. like they're going to sign. Uh, interesting. Uh, they swapped a, a Goonboale for Fournette. Nice. Basically. Well, yeah. <laughs> Basically, no. <laughs> I think, you listen, Dari's played a lot on special teams. Um, he is kind of that receiving threat. If you do need, like, a diet Chris Thompson, um, he can catch the ball in the backfield as well. Um, you know, I mean, it's, he's suitable, but I think he's brought in more for special teams than anything right now. Yeah. Uh, that's. I, I think they really wanted to keep him. Like, he was odd man out in that room. Yeah. And then, obviously, Fournette ended up getting at it, too. But uh, I think they really liked him in Tampa. So yeah. uh, we'll see how it works out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dare Agumboale. Agumboale. Uh, there man. you go. Good. Uh, the prediction business is a good one, if you guess them right. It can be. It can be a bad one. You can lose your family over this kind of stuff. <sighs> you can. How much is on the table? For us right now? <laughs> no, I just, What's in the pay? I don't know. Pride? <laughs> What is in the pail? Nothing. Somebody okay. ate all the lifesavers in there. Did you eat them? No. Coos? Who comes in here? Who comes in? Dude. Are, are they seriously gone? They're gone. Who's touching I our mean, stuff? Maybe I did eat them all. I don't know. All right. I <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> we should check that well, first. Well, Matt, who's touching? I haven't eaten any today. I doubt it because there were a bunch in there. I didn't eat all hey, those during the show. Whoever's coming in here using our stuff not telling us, I'm setting booby traps next time. Well, not they only that. Your, they moved your camera the other day, remember? Yeah, not only that, but I hope yeah. they uh, use hand sanitizer first. Oh, that's a good point. I got a fight coming up, man. I just got tested once. I don't get tested again. Come yeah. on. You need a hammer. 
a hammer what? to help that what? get that other nostril. Oh, I got you. I'm like, are we threatening the people coming in? I thought you were going violent. <laughs> Brent just goes, we need a hammer. No, are, I are we that. to break kneecaps here? I saved that for his show at the oh, HOA. I got you. Okay. Take it easy, Mr. Goodfellas. We're trying to smash some kneecaps here. I got you. All right. Take us around, man. Let's go. Are we predicting divisions? Let's predict divisions. Let's predict playoff contenders, wild card guys, and then let's go ahead and go with the Super Bowl prediction all right i'm gonna write this down nfl predictions i gotta tease it first so you gotta take you know, over and i wish you I would, okay and i wish in retrospect now that i did a little homework are we starting the nfc or the afc <laughs> in retrospect you wish you did a little homework yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know if it was in each division but we'll figure it out okay let's start in the nfc all right let's start because you have to go from the east to the west right by that's the, how you do it by the way this is what happens sometimes when i tweet during the show as i'm trying to talk i say nfl predictions right now now on espn 690 <laughs> earlier in the show i put jalen ramsey signs deal question mark yeah like no that should have been no, an exclamation he point he, he did, did sign it yeah. it's official See, this is what we need someone to do this for us Brent. <laughs> i know you know it's not easy folks. all right so are we it's going the hardest thing i do are we going from the east to west right that's, uh, that's the way you like to do it east to west i do for some reason okay. i like I, I always see things afc east to the west and then nfc east to the west okay well let's give brett martin what he wants let's start with the afc east real quick listen to me it comes down to two teams the, the new england patriots the buffalo bills I truly am a Josh Allen believer. Now, maybe not the, the good Josh Allen, the bad Josh Allen, but I am still a bad Josh Allen believer. So with that being said, you add Stephon Diggs as a weapon. Um, solid offensive line, great defense. The Bills Mafia is not going to be there in full effect, obviously. So that's a detriment. But I think right now, with the Miami Dolphins still rebuilding, New York Jets are the, the New York Jets. And New England, we're not quite sure on them. So I have the Buffalo Bills winning the, uh, the AFC East. I think this is uh, one of the hardest divisions to predict because wow. i think all the teams could stink mm-hmm. and i think all could be well not all would be really good but mm-hmm. like buffalo new england obviously has a chance and like the jets are starting to piece something together the roster doesn't look it but they got a quarterback if he takes the next step could you see him doing more than people expect uh and the dolphins spent so much money on the defense mm-hmm. what if tua does come in and play you know fitzpatrick's good for some wins mm-hmm. And then what if Tua does come in? So it's an interesting division, but because I have a bet on the line and the Jags are getting more wins than the Patriots with Cam Newton or without him, I'm taking the Bills reluctantly. Welcome. Welcome. Go ahead. AFC North now. Listen, this show ends in about 12 minutes. We better start hurrying up. All right, so AFC North. Um, (laughs) Listen, I have Baltimore. I like how he picked up his pace. Yeah, so listen, uh, uh, a Goomba Wally, by the way. Uh, AFC North, I got Baltimore. Um... It could be a wild card team in here as well. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's not a team to sleep on. Cleveland, is this the year Cleveland turns it around? Not sure, but give me Baltimore, man. Give, what give, a division. Go huh? give me the sure thing. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers did what they did without Ben all year. Correct. Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. Okay, beating out Baltimore. All right. AMC South, <clears throat> Tennessee. I know where I'm going. Indy. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't want to dwell on it for too long. Uh, AMC West, go ahead and give me Kansas City. I really compare Kansas City or the Chargers, but I just don't like the Tyrod Taylor thing. I've been on the Chargers bandwagon a while. Well, do you like the Justin Herbert thing either? 
Ah, yeah. Not if he has to come in. Yeah. I, I just don't like their QB situation. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Not to win games, but you know, not to win yeah. big. And I mean, also, Herbert might be something down the road, but I, I just don't see them too. winning big. This offense is going to go through Austin Eckler. Can Austin Eckler come in and be the bell cow now? Right? Like he, I think he can. He's always been successful being kind of like the backup guy, but now he's the starter. How is he going to do? Uh, you know, the one thing about Tyrod Taylor, and I'm not, I haven't been a big Tyrod Taylor fan in terms of on the field performance, but he has way more around him now than like he did in Buffalo. Offensively, they were very sure. limited when he was in there. This playoff game here in Jacksonville. I got Keenan Allen now. They've got the tight ends. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. They've got uh, Eckler. I mean, they've got some weapons now to play with on the offensive side, and he does not turn the ball over. My big problem with Tyrod Taylor is he also does not push the ball down the field. But will Keenan Allen allow them to do that a little bit with some of their weapons, allow them to do that, and maybe he can show off? And a pretty solid Maybe. defense. There are some boot. believers in Tyrod Taylor. I have not been one, so I'll be surprised if he does well. We both take the Chiefs. All right. Uh, NFC East, to me, comes down to two teams, the Cowboys and the Eagles. You know what? I'm not a Dallas believer, man. Go ahead and give me the Philadelphia Eagles. Really? Yeah. This is going to be one of my uh, my sleepers, I think. Eagles in the East. Fly, Eagles, fly. Or cry, Eagles, cry. We'll see. Well, you opened the door for me, so I'm taking the Cowboys. <laughs> sure. Take that low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, the I same. had them going to the Super Bowl last year, by the way. Yeah, you did. How'd that turn out? Not good. Yeah, I hear you. All right. NFC North. All right, Green Bay fans. Mom, turn off the hey, turn off the show. Minnesota Vikings by a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Minnesota Vikings, not even close. I mean, the Packers were 13-3, and three, man. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings. They have Jordan even, Love now. Yeah, they have Jordan Love. <laughs> they still have Devontae Adams. Um, they got that guy from Boston College that has, like, the big legs. Hey, Brent, Minnesota by a landslide. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, right? That yeah. guy is everywhere. Yeah. Go and get Minnesota by a landslide. Why is Kirk Cousins going to disappoint me? I feel <laughs> like this. And you know, well, I, I think like, this well, could Detroit's be a, a sleeper here, yeah, They are. They yeah. could be a, this could be a pillow fight division. <laughs> it really could. I like that, yeah. Patricia's on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Is he still there? Yeah. Yep, correct. Yeah. <laughs> hey, easy, easy on my friend Matt Patricia, man. You remember right at the Senior Bowl, I was talking to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could they sleep on people to the point? I mean, Green Bay going to lose, go 13 games to seven wins? Taking the Packers. Oh, you Homer. <laughs> I love you. I love you, Wisconsin. I love you. Who's your favorite host now, Wisconsin? I'm going to be so ticked when the Crystal Cafe and Iola Scandinavia endorses Brent for a commercial spot, and I get nothing. I'll see you at the pickle. I'll lose. <laughs> get that in a button, please. All right. Uh, NFC South real quick. Listen, I said this before on the show today. Yeah, you got Atlanta, you got Tampa Bay, and you got New Orleans. You know who my Super Bowl team is going to be, so I got to go with New Orleans. Yeah, I'm with New Orleans, too. Okay. Uh, great first game, too. Yep. Uh, the the last uh, division is the Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, Seahawks. How the West was won. You know, the Seahawks, did I saw a Seahawks predict prediction thing. It said they're going to win 8.3 games. Is that really? all they are? I feel like they were being better. So. I'm not sure where you're getting your news from. I'm not sure if it's a, a, a subscription based. You might want to cancel that subscription. Maybe it was just one of those like uh, ads that came up uh, and kind of promoting it. Yeah, yeah. But I saw it. It said 8.3 Seahawks, and it kind of took me by surprise. I'm like, that's it? Yeah. I'm pick the Rams. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd get kicked out of Jacksonville if I yeah, picked yeah, the Rams. Yeah, you, you absolutely would. Might yep. be a one-way ticket out. You better believe it. 
She do it just for fun. Do it, man. Just for the clicks. Do it. Did do a little Jaylen? Colin Coward. No, who was it? That, that, uh, Skip Bayless? Skip Bayless. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just yeah, just the constant hater. Unbelievable. Yeah. Who you got? But it works. He makes millions. Well, he's doing something better I bet he has Mulligan as his agent. I bet he does, too. Why do I feel like the 49ers are going to drop back a little bit? I'm taking the Seahawks. All right. Seahawks it is. What do you got? So now we got two. Uh, I said Seattle. Oh, you did yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. All right, so now we got the wild card teams real yeah, but quick. we have three this year. It's 14 Once teams again. making the postseason. We should Welcome do my homework. to 2020. <laughs> we should do my homework a little bit. So there's three teams per uh, per conference. Per conference. All right. Three teams in the, in the conference. Go ahead and give me, for the AFC, got to give me Pittsburgh. Got to give me New England. And go ahead and give me, I got to go with the Colts. Mm. Yep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. It's a really tough one. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens. Smart. I'm going to take the uh, Browns actually sneaking in. Okay. And I'm going to take... The Titans, because I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> you're trying to speak so it, either, right? speak it in a non-existence. Uh, yeah. I'm either happy either way. You ever okay. make those bets? Okay. Like you're happy either way? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I hear you That's that. a happy and you know it I got- <laughs> bet right there. I got you. All right. Check this out now. My NFC teams. Um, three of them. Tampa. Wild card. I got to go with San Francisco still. And then Dallas would be the logical one, but wait a minute. Smell that, Brent? Smell opportunity. Smell opportunity to make some money here. I smell opportunity to make a precedent right here. You know who I got to roll with. Got to roll with my guy, Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals. Going to the playoffs, baby. Let's go. Wow. That's NFC's tough, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm going to surprise you with my last pick, so I won't do it right now, but okay. I'm going to take Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take San, Franci- uh, San Francisco. Okay. Which means old Tom doesn't make the playoffs in my book. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know who does instead? We're going to Atlanta? The New York football giants in a Coons, sleeper. Put on a button. Do something with it. <laughs> this is crazy. This is unprecedented. And any sports talk show, the New York Giants. Go ahead, Daniel Jones. Go Take them to, to the promised land. <laughs> The ultimate Daniel Jones believer with the ultimate Daniel Jones pick. New York Giants have a wild card. I love it, man. I love it. Let it fly. What are, what are the odds on that? I don't know. I almost I like the boy. The NFC's loaded up. You're not lying. I man. mean, they are loaded up. You could make the case for so many teams outside of Carolina. Most people wouldn't do it. I just didn't take the Giants. Mm-hmm. But the Washington I, I football it. team, no. The Lions people would say no. But more on reputation than. Potentially. Don't slip on the lines, Again, you got man. Stafford, man. Yeah. This is a must-win year for. Does it finally click? Mm-hmm. I, it wouldn't be a bad bet, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, I really think just Carolina and Washington are teams. You're like, really? You really think True. they can go to the postseason? Yeah. Well, even Chicago. Like, I get it. Like Trubisky, you don't well, have a lot of confidence. Could click for it Chicago. Could click They've for got Chicago. players at Chicago. They just Correct. haven't performed well, and the whole thing seems broken. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't put my money on it. Correct. All right. Uh, Super Bowl teams, real quick. So do you got? I mean, I'm sticking with. Here's the deal. Yeah. I haven't changed. My Super Bowl prediction is Indianapolis against the Saints. Yeah. Uh, it's The Saints are an easier pick, obviously, even though there's nothing easy in the NFC. But 
Indianapolis, it's all or nothing on Rivers. And if Rivers returns to two years ago form, mm-hmm. but it really returns rejuvenated from four years ago form, well, then that team's going to be tough. That team should be really tough. They can run the football. They can play good, solid defense. They're not explosive, in my opinion, even with Rivers. But the moxie of him yep. could be a great landing spot. Uh, and once they get Cook and Frank Reich, I think he's a pretty good coach. So uh, I got Indianapolis Colts rolling the dice Playing with against them going to the Super Bowl against the Saints. Okay. And, I have, and I would pick the Saints to win and Drew Brees retires. Okay. And I had the Saints going as well in the NFC, but I don't have them winning it. I'm going back-to-back, back, man. I'm going the power of Andy Reid, the power of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Listen, they shored up their big playing, making guys with Chris Jones, um, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes. To me, that shows faith. It shows that, you know what, we believe in you guys. Now it's time for them to repay that debt. And I think Kansas City wins another Super Bowl back-to-back years. Hasn't been done, I think, since 2003 and four with the New England Patriots. What was the over-under in that game in Tampa, by the way, if it's... Chiefs and Saints. Whew. <laughs> Could be quite a bit. Fireworks, baby. Uh, the uh, real oh, quick thought. I, I have one last question too. So, so the Jaguars record yeah, has, has, has it changed since the last time we did the prediction? I feel like if I'm being on, I, I had seven and nine for the Jags. You did. I feel like I'm gonna dock them a game for not having Yan at all because when I made that prediction, I thought Yan would play, yeah. even reluctantly, and I thought Fournette would be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I still think you're losing good football production. I'm going to go with 6-10 and in back-to-back years. I'm going to dock myself a game off my original prediction because of the losses of those guys. And they think it's addition by subtraction, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out six and ten for me. It's funny we're in the same, but I'm actually going to dock him one more game. I had him going six and ten. Go and give me five and eleven. Which, by the way, would still exceed expectations. True. Around the NFL. Yeah. If the Jags won five or six games. Yeah. What is that? Is that picking top? Is that top five? Usually a top ten pick. Top it just 10? depends yeah, how yeah. everything it shakes out. Gotcha. Miami won five games and picked fifth. Yeah. So Good it point. just depends how it shakes out. Yeah. Jags won uh, six last year and picked ninth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, real quick. Brady or Rivers? Who's Who has the better year? Oof. Is it is it easy Brady? I think it's easy Brady. Once again, offense too big to fail. Mike Evans right now has that hamstring issue. You still got more weapons, though. I, I'm going with the power of Arians working with Brady. All right. Uh, hey, uh, good luck in your fight, man. Thank you, man. We'll Appreciate talk to you in the next couple of days. You'll yeah, call in for a segment or so. Uh, but good luck up there in Charleston, South Carolina. Fight coming up on Saturday. I'll have you covered in the next couple of days. we got more picks coming on Friday. First picks of the year, by the way, uh, with the game. So we'll have that and uh, so much more over the next couple of days. We'll also see you on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690 Live Local Loud. Coming up next, right here in Jacksonville. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com.